Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Minneapolis in partnership with the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by a generous grant from the Bush Foundation. This Ed Talks is titled PSEO as a Bridge from High School to College. Our featured speaker is Maria Wright. Maria is Director of Dual Enrollment at St. Cloud State University. Post-Secondary Enrollment Options, PSEO, also known as Dual Enrollment, provides an affordable way for high school students to experience college and earn college credit by completing courses at eligible post-secondary institutions. PSEO has grown rapidly in Minnesota over the past 20 years, but there are wide gaps in participation between white students and students of color, English language learners, and low-income students. A former PSEO participant at South High School, she's passionate about increasing post-secondary education access for students of color, students from lower socioeconomic status, and first-generation college students. Maria has also worked as assistant registrar at Troy University in Alabama and in various roles at the University of Minnesota's College in the Schools Concurrent Enrollment Program. She earned her MBA at Augsburg University and is currently completing a doctoral program in higher education at St. Cloud State University. Maria will draw on her experience as a PSEO participant and higher education leader to discuss the great benefits of PSEO and how it can help close education equity gaps by providing a bridge between high school and post-secondary education. As an advocate for young scholars, she argues that we must challenge current paradigms around PSEO, particularly the way it is funded. This virtual ed talk was live streamed online on January 20th, 2022. I'd like you all to think about a world where youth have an opportunity to experience college while in high school. In this world, students aren't confronted with barriers to higher education. They are engaged and supported at their high school and feel a sense of belonging in their respective communities. In a couple of words, students are empowered to choose their path, a path that fits their needs and interests rather than limited to what they believe is available to them. Please keep that vision at the front of mind tonight. The state of Minnesota has a strong foundation in making college a reality for high school students. We are known to be the first state to put dual enrollment into legislation in 1985. For those of you who don't know, Minnesota high school students can earn free college credit by taking college courses through the Minnesota PSEO Act. These college courses serve as dual credit where the classes fulfill high school graduation requirements while also working towards a post-secondary degree. Students don't have to take a high stakes test at the end for possible college credit. They have transcripted college credit at the end of the course. So let me tell you about high school student Chris. Chris started in concurrent enrollment courses in 10th grade. Concurrent enrollment courses are college courses at the high school taught by high school instructors, partnered with college faculty. Halfway through Chris's 11th grade year, they had completed all 10 of the concurrent enrollment courses offered at the high school. 
Chris was ready for more, and the family signed up for a PSEO information session at the college 20 minutes away. Post-secondary enrollment options, or PSEO, allows high school students to take college courses on the college campus or online with college faculty. The family decided that Chris would enroll full-time at the college and provided Chris a car to get to the college and back in time for soccer practice every day. Chris took a couple of courses on campus and a couple online and graduated from high school with an associate's degree. Concurrent enrollment and PSEO are the two dual enrollment models I will be talking about tonight. By participating in dual enrollment, Chris was challenged with more rigorous classes, exposed to college earlier, had a heightened sense of purpose and responsibility, and saved their family the cost of two years of college. Students that participate in dual enrollment, like Chris, are more likely to graduate from high school, continue to enroll in college, and complete their college degrees. So how many high school students participate in dual enrollment in Minnesota? In 2018-19, over 10,000 public, non-public, and homeschool students received over 165,000 college credits through traditional PSEO programming. In the same year, almost three times the amount of public high school students received over 260,000 college credits through concurrent enrollment, which I shortened to CE here. At first glance, this sounds like a lot of Minnesotans are participating, right? Here are the participation rates that year, apples to apples, pulled from the Minnesota Department of Education reports. The over 10,500 students that participated in PSEO represents less than 5% of the possible students. And in concurrent enrollment, the over 32,000 public high school students represents less than 12% of the possible students. So let's take a look at those students that did participate. The green bars show the total number of high school students reported as enrolled in the respective student populations. The orange bars represent the number of reported PSEO students, and the yellow bars represent the concurrent enrollment students. The number of English learner students is so low for both programs, you may not even be able to see the bars. English learners in the state of Minnesota are defined as students using a language other than English and are assessed not to have the necessary English skills to participate fully in academic classes taught in English. Now, over 80,000 students were reported as qualifying for free or reduced lunches, and there were also over 80,000 black indigenous students of color. We can see that there's a huge disparity in our state. So why is it that something that is free isn't accessed by a larger number of high school students, and especially from these student populations? The funding mechanisms of PSEO and concurrent enrollment differ and can cause friction between high schools and colleges. The intent of the PSEO Act was to make these credits free to high school students. There are no surface level costs for PSEO. Generally speaking, tuition, fees, and required textbooks are covered by the state and colleges are directly paid a predetermined amount per PSEO credit. In 2018-19, this was $207 per credit. Now, concurrent enrollment programming is made possible by contracts between the high school and college. The state provides funding to public school districts and charters to help offset the cost, and the students never see a bill. There is a $4 million appropriation of concurrent enrollment aid that is prorated per school based on the total number of public high school students participating across the entire state. 
In the 2018-2019 academic year, this came out to be $52.43 per student per course. Non-public schools may offer concurrent enrollment programming, but they don't qualify for concurrent enrollment aid, and therefore the data isn't presented here. This funding model can create an us-against-them mentality between secondary and post-secondary institutions. Either they get the enrollments and money, or we do. But looking at these dollar amounts, you'll also notice that it doesn't come close to covering the cost of traditional undergraduate tuition, even at the most affordable college. There are several reasons why colleges and high schools offer dual enrollment programming, aside from just money, and I believe what it really comes down to is an investment in our youth. So we heard about Chris and their success story in dual enrollment. Chris's family was supportive of participation. They met admission criteria. Chris had a car to get to and from campuses, wasn't concerned about food, had the technology to take classes online, graduated from high school, earned an associate's degree, and remained engaged in their communities. Maybe Chris's circumstances sound similar to a high school student you know, or maybe you know a student who has a different reality. Let me tell you about Alex. Alex is a high school student living with their single parent. They hear about dual enrollment for the first time at family night during Alex's 10th grade year. Alex doesn't quite meet eligibility standards, but may be able to qualify by taking the ACT at the end of the year. Alex's high school doesn't offer any concurrent enrollment courses, so PSEO is their only dual enrollment option. The family only has one car, and Alex would have a one-hour bus ride to get to campus. If Alex attends the college in person full-time, it would mean Alex wouldn't get school-provided breakfast or lunch. So instead, Alex takes a couple of online classes, but only has a tablet provided through the high school. The high school gives Alex a checklist of graduation requirements, and the college provides a degree map on how to earn an associate's degree. Alex has to try and fill in the blanks. So Alex just doesn't feel like they have the time to stay in high school sports or join any student groups on campus. Now this isn't an exhaustive list of all the barriers students may face in PSEO programming, but it's enough to get a point across. PSEO is meant to be accessible and free to all students, but we can see that this isn't the case for everyone and free isn't always free. So what about a concurrent enrollment programming? With concurrent enrollment, students remain at the high school. Some hurdles disappear, some remain the same, and we also have some new ones. First, we'll start again with family support and knowledge. In concurrent enrollment, sometimes students choose not to take the course for college credit. There are so many reasons for opting out of credit, but maybe the family doesn't understand what dual enrollment is, maybe they opt for another choice like honors or AP, or maybe the student isn't encouraged to pursue college. Students also still have to meet eligibility standards, which can disqualify 50 to 90% of a high school class. If a student makes it past those two steps, the course opportunity still has to exist, bringing us to challenges for the high school. To offer a concurrent enrollment course in Minnesota, the high school teacher needs to have the equivalent credentials of a college faculty member. This is usually defined as a master's degree in the discipline or a master's degree plus 18 graduate credits in the discipline. So to offer a course, a high school has to hire and retain a teacher that has the credentials of a college faculty member. And then the second hurdle is to have enough students that are eligible and are interested to be financially feasible for the high school course to run. 
And then finally, we have the issue of a sense of belonging again. There's a philosophical question that even when the rigor and curriculum matches that of a college course, if the student is taking the course on their high school campus, can they feel like a college student? Can they really experience that socialization, role rehearsal, and independence to see themselves as a college student? We know through research that students who participate in dual enrollment have better success outcomes than their peers who don't. In a study in New York, researchers found that dual enrollment students took less time to earn a college degree. This was not only because students earned credits before starting college, these students also took an average of one additional credit in their first semester in comparison to their peers. They also had, on average, 0.16 higher GPAs in their first semester and were 5% more likely to re-enroll for a third semester. In Tennessee, a study found that community college students who participated in dual enrollment were three and a half times less likely to take remediation, two and a half times more likely to graduate in two years, and one and a half times more likely to graduate in three. You can find studies like these everywhere supporting the positive outcomes that dual enrollment has for students continuing their post-secondary education. You'll also find that most dual enrollment programs have disparities in their participation rates. The Minnesota PSEO Act isn't accessed and leveraged to its full potential, especially for those students who could benefit the most. Specifically, we need to challenge the paradigms about how dual enrollment is funded to foster collaboration between secondary and post-secondary institutions rather than support only one or the other, and recognize that free doesn't mean equitable or accessible. We want to challenge these paradigms because we want students to be empowered to choose their own paths. We want them to choose the path that is best for them rather than the only one available to them. So how can you get involved? How can you become part of the solution? Hold high schools accountable for educating families about the options available and support students regardless of the path they choose. Challenge colleges to truly adopt dual enrollment students as part of their community. Challenge them to find ways to address these students' basic needs, such as food, transportation, and technology. These issues shouldn't be left just to the high schools. Talk to your legislators about addressing the way dual enrollment is funded challenge the state's eligibility standards because dual enrollment shouldn't only be merit-based. Bring them back to our purpose. Ask the state to better support high schools and teachers in need of graduate credits in their subject areas. And work with all of us to educate families in your community. Help us make knowledge more accessible by translating resources into multiple languages. Tell your own story and spread the word. Encourage the youth around you. Work with us to find ways to make students feel like they belong and hold each other accountable for putting the interests of our students first. My intent tonight was to share a perspective. I believe in the benefits, goodness, and foundation that dual enrollment programming can provide students. And I also acknowledge that we need to use what we have to do better. Dual enrollment has been expanding in our state for almost 40 years, but it's also a close-knit community and I hope you join us in this space. Ed Talks is presented by Achieve Minneapolis in partnership with the Citizens League. Thanks to our generous sponsor, the Bush Foundation. 
For more information on Ed Talks or to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to audio podcasts, visit achievempls.org.